Anyways, all that to say, we are doing the Elf on the Shelf. If you haven't done it yet, don't do it. You'll regret it. It's a terrible decision. <laughs> I'm Stacy, And I'm Emily. We're Christians, wives, moms, and best friends. We always knew motherhood would change our lives. Little did we know how much. We're here to talk about the challenges and victories we all encounter day to day. Motherhood is a journey, and there is so much joy to be found. You're listening to Mom Calling. Welcome back to Mom Calling. We are so glad that you're here, and we have a really cool episode for you guys today, tonight. What day is it? (laughs) What day is it? Is it Monday? Yeah, for real. (laughs) Um, We are so excited that you guys are here. Um, This episode is a little take on Christmas, um, kind of a little bit of our memories, memories that we, um, you know, are trying to make with our families. And um, it's going to be a good episode. Yeah. Hey, guys. I forgot to say hi again. This is becoming a theme with me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we're talking all about memories today. One of my favorite topics. I know. Are you you like a super nostalgic person, Em? I think I know the answer to this, but. Yes. I love memories. I love doing. Mm -hmm. I I love consistency, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I love. Tradition. I love like knowing what things are coming. And so I think that that makes doing traditions all that much more fun, you mm-hmm. know, just because you, it's, it's familiar. It's normal. Um, yeah. Um, why don't we hop into our mom slash Christmas fact for tonight? Yeah, let's hear which it. Which is actually a mom fact and a Christmas fact. I love it. So we're doing our jobs right today. Um, all right, so let me see here. I was curious, and really what made me think of this was, you know, the we typically do a mom fact, and we've decided to do Christmas fact, and I was like, I wonder if we could do, like, a Christmas mom fact, and I thought, well, hello, what do we know it. about Mary? So, she is, um, in fact, the mother of Jesus. So she let's, is. Let's hear about it. That is correct. A hundred points for you. Thank you. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I just looked up. I was just curious because I always feel like as much as we think we know about things, you know, that we've known our whole lives or learned about our whole lives, I feel like there's just always things that, you know, little tidbits or information that we can learn. So this one's going to blow your mind. Are you ready? I'm super excited. Hit me. Mary is not actually her real name. What's her real name? <laughs> Sorry, I was just waiting to see what you would say. So, well, okay. So, I, I was processing and I was like, okay, is it Mary Magdalene? And then I was like, well, that's still Mary. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was no. out. But that's when yes. I was sitting there. Oh, okay. I was processing. Is <laughs> Yeah, I'm not firing on all cylinders this oh, evening. Oh, gosh. Um, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> we've already established that early before we pressed uh before we press go start record on, yeah record on this podcast Stacy was uh, asking me questions and I was just like I'm sorry please repeat that because what day I, is it yeah I don't understand what you're saying <laughs> um okay so I'm I am exaggerating a little bit so Basically, what I'm saying is like Mary is the English or anglicized version of her name. But if you the Hebrew of her name is actually Miriam. Um, So like if you've ever heard. So, you know, we call Jesus Jesus, but that's like the English or anglicized version. And if you look at the the Hebrew, it's um, Yeshua. So. Oh, super cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, and I knew I knew the one about you know Jesus' name, but I never even thought about like, oh, I, I don't know. I've just never thought. I guess because you know you hear it your whole life. That's just what. But anyway, I thought that was really interesting. That's um, super interesting. Yeah, and then Mary, you know, her and Joseph before they left to go to Bethlehem, lived in Nazareth, and she was likely born in Nazareth, and the population at the time. Uh, that Mary lived was about 1600, which is super, super small. So for like um, comparison, so for those of you listening, this won't really give you much context except for the people who we know from our home in Pennsylvania. But so Hanover, Hanover Borough, which is like, you know, just kind of like the downtown central part of Hanover, wherever it falls within the borough limits is 16,000 people. And then the greater Hanover area, which basically covers like anyone that has like a Hanover address, is over 50,000 people. So I'm actually, I'm going to be honest, I'm actually shocked that that many people live here. Mm hmm. Yeah. So Nazareth was 1,600. That's insane. So very, very small. Teeny tiny. And I thought this was super interesting. So Mary spoke Aramaic. But I never thought about this before, but she actually would have lived in like a very multilingual environment because with um, them being under Roman rule, there were Roman soldiers, you know, I guess in and out or or maybe even had like a permanent presence. I don't know. So they would speak Latin. And then Greek, I guess, was the language of business and commerce at the time, as well as like the language of kind of like the highly educated population. They spoke Greek. And then... All of the, um, I guess you'd say, like the scriptures of that time, the Torah, was in Hebrew, and so she was would have been at least familiar with, you know, four languages, which I thought was really cool. Um, it's crazy, yeah, isn't that cool? And she would have been part of the um, what was called in the article I read the peasant class, and they would have likely had. Um, the, the common trades of that day were agriculture and then other trades like carpentry, which were practiced, which was practiced by both Joseph and Jesus. And then um, at that time, like, you know, the peasant class was around 90 percent of the population, I guess, who um, were at that time under a triple tax because they had to pay tax to Rome. They also had to pay tax to Herod. So they had to pay tax to Rome who were ruling over them, they had to pay tax to Herod, who was the king. And then they also had to pay tax or, well, not tax, but, you know, they would give 10% of their tithe, their harvest to the temple. So they were basically paying like a triple 
you know, I guess one of them was more of like a tithe, but triple tax essentially. So um, I thought that was very interesting as well because, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. But and then on top of that, they had to pay basically like three times out of their income. And then that is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then something else that I um, learned, which if you've watched, like I'm trying to remember which one it is, some of the more recent movies or documentaries that have come out about the time of Jesus, which have you seen the the chosen? I have not, but I've heard really good things about it. It's so good. And is it a show or a movie? It's a show. Okay. That's what yeah. I thought. I need to so, I need to watch that. It's really good. There's two seasons out right now and I believe they just released I haven't looked into it yet. The it's like either the first like episode of the third season or it's like a special was released into theaters like now. Um, but anyway, the first season's actually currently on Netflix too, which is super cool. Okay. So you can see it there. But anyway, if you've seen any of those kind of like that show or like any movies, you've, they kind of depict the layout of the homes of the time, but I thought this was super interesting. So they didn't, most families didn't have like single family homes like what we have now. They would, the typical design of the homes like in that time in, in that area, they would have, you know, maybe like a few homes and each home was like one or two rooms. And then they would all be connected around a common open courtyard. And then in the open courtyard was kind of like their common area as well as their kitchen. So in that open courtyard area, they would have an oven, um, you know, for cooking and all that, a cistern, which I think is where they stored their water, and then a millstone for grinding their grain. And so it's I thought that was so cool, just the idea of, like, the layout of how their houses were. And um, so that's most likely the kind of home they would have lived in. And then just one more kind of tidbit I found when I was reading about her, which I'd never really thought of, but she was the only person present at both Jesus' birth and his death because, you know, at his birth, it was just her and Joseph. Joseph had died before Jesus' death, so she was the only one that was there at both his birth and his death. That's so interesting. I actually didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. I need to brush yeah, never up all my things. It. Yeah. So... When yeah, did Joseph die? Do you know? Um, I don't. So I don't know if they know exactly, but from what I read, it sounds like he died before Jesus' public ministry began. So I don't know. That wasn't something I looked up. I don't know if there's any no that's better fine. guesses, but um, but yeah. So super interesting. Um, just to learn about you know, her life at the time and what her typical like day to day would have been like. And, you know, very different from our. Yeah. Well, our hustle different, bustle. But the same. Yeah. Like she was still serving a purpose, you know, as a, a mother and, and things like that and her purpose in mm-hmm. the home. And right. Know. It's interesting because all of these people are super into like making sourdough now, sourdough yeah. bread. <laughs> and it makes me laugh because I'm like, wow, like, this is the kind of stuff that they like did back in those times. Oh, yeah. Back in Bible times. Like, you know, they made bread and they made 
you know, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Or even like we talk about like raw milk or like raw mm-hmm. honey and the um, the benefits that they have for us. And it's funny, I heard um, another NTP speaking about it and she was saying that like, you know, how good these foods are for us, these food groups and how nutrient rich they are. And she was like, you know, think about it. Like they're like the Lord's foods. And mm-hmm. it's funny because, you know, she brought up the point of um, when, um, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of like the the VeggieTales song where they're like, um, go into the promised land. It's going to be so grand. We'll have mm-hmm. our fill something, something as much as we can mm-hmm. stand. And they're talking about like milk and honey mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's just funny because like I I do try and picture myself or try and picture like what it looked like back in those days. And, um, you know, Stacy and I are very like on the holistic train and we're very much like trying to get back to our roots and mm-hmm. do things the natural way and things like that. And so we're all about the raw milk and mm-hmm. raw all the things and make it yourself and all of those things. But mm-hmm. it's crazy. You know, like she was probably the ultimate homemaker. Mary was, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah. And it's just, cool. no, it is. It's so cool to think about. Like I, in DC, they have the museum of the Bible. Oh, and cool. um, yeah, we got to go. I can't remember. I think it opened right around when Scott and I got married and we actually got to go like that summer. And, um, there's tons and tons of stuff there, but in the one section, they actually have like a replica of kind of a, I don't know what you would call it, but like a, a town in biblical times. And I, I don't, I'm trying to remember now what it looked like if it was supposed to be kind of like the town square and what that would have been like. But there was some buildings and then there was like a little, um, like a little area where they had an olive press and things like that. But yeah, no, like I think it's funny because now, like you said, like getting into all these kind of more traditional food preparation methods and stuff, it's like I read that and I'm like, ooh, they had their own millstone. Ooh, they had their own like oven in the open court. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I can't show this to Scott. He's going to like want us to get a millstone for our house. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's, it is really cool. And obviously, like, it's easy, you know, I know there's lots of parts of like, you know, when we read those things about history, obviously there was a lot of things in their life that were a lot harder than what we have now. Um, but still I'm like, wow, like I'm in a way sort of like admire their lifestyle in like the sense of how, uh, holistic it was, you know what I mean? As far as the just, yeah, like all the things that we're striving so hard to do now that are so against, that are so like countercultural. And so, and back then that was just like, how it was like that was their you know the way they did it but anyway yeah it was super interesting like because I feel like I don't often think about that like I don't think of the person like who Mary was or what she was like just as like a person as a mom as a wife like you know we think about her in that isolated experience of having Jesus and then her emotional experience like I think we've we've talked even more a lot about that like in the church and and around Christmas like we talk about what her emotional experience and state were were and about her faith. But I feel like we don't really often talk about just like her, what her day-to-day life would have been like, you know, um, especially after she, you know, became a mother. 
So um, anyway, yeah, I just thought that was interesting and I thought I'd share just to get a little peek into kind of what her life, you know, may have been like at the time. But Yeah, for sure. I love that. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something good to think about. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like traditions and stuff, mm-hmm. um, what are you guys kind of doing in your household? What are you continuing on with? A couple of the main ones. And actually, we haven't spent a ton of Christmases with Scott's family since we've been married because they do live in Florida. Um, I think I've spent one actual Christmas there um, since we got married. But I know his mom makes chicken or no, not chicken, makes enchiladas um, on Christmas, that's their like Christmas meal. They do enchiladas. Didn't you say that she uses the turkey from the Thanksgiving turkey leftovers? Yes, I'm pretty okay. sure. I'd have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like when they do Thanksgiving, whatever's left from the turkey, she'll freeze and then use that to make enchiladas for Christmas. And we actually the the year I was pregnant with Penelope and we were home here for Christmas by ourselves because like I was due in in like a week and I didn't you know I didn't want to travel. Um, we tried to replicate our, both of our traditional thing or Christmas meals. So we made like ham and all the fixings of kind of like what my traditional Christmas meal was growing up. And then we also made enchiladas. Um, and I think we just did chicken cause I didn't want to like roast a whole turkey. <laughs> yeah. Just to, you know, for us. So I think we did chicken, but, um, but yeah, that was really fun. And also is Scott's sister, her birthday is on Christmas. And so they always celebrate her birthday. And I think, so her favorite dessert is I think lemon meringue pie. And so Scott's mom will always make lemon meringue pie on Christmas as well. And then, yeah, as far as like our own traditions, we, I haven't really like, I've been kind of figuring this out in my brain. And I feel like honestly, this year, Penelope's just kind of starting to remember and understand. So we've been doing some things, but I think like next year is really going to be the first year where like I'm like, okay, I want to plan it more and really have it together so that we can really start things next year as far as like things that we want to do every year because I think that's when she'll really start to like remember. Yeah. But we did – oh, yeah, I, I think we talked about this last week about Advent and things. We did actually start practicing Advent this year. Oh, cool. So yeah, I got all the stuff and we started doing it. Um, we've been doing it for a little over a week. It started like a week ago yesterday on S- Sunday. So what are you actually doing for that? So we're and what do we're you keeping mean it pretty you got simple. Stuff. What did you get? Oh, okay. So I don't know if there's different ways to do this, but like our church that we go to now here in Virginia actually um, practices Advent as well, like on Sundays. And so it's similar to, to the way they do it. But the article that I had shared about the from her view from home about like if you're a beginner with at celebrating Advent, I kind of just followed that. So I got an Advent wreath, which it's a it's a wreath that holds four taper candles. And then they make Advent candles, which are like the long tapers. And there's three purple and one pink. And then there you can or don't you don't have to but we i decided to then you get one kind of tall white pillar candle for in the center and then each week of advent you light an additional candle 
and then um and they each represent something and then on christmas eve you light the center candle which represents christ and you can do different things but basically our routine is we um every night at dinner we light the advent candle which now just last night is started the second week so now we light two the the two candles and then um i got an advent devotional um it's like excerpts from sermons from charles spurgeon oh my gosh that was a tongue twister (laughs) excerpts from sermons from charles spurgeon there we go um and we'll read that and then um and then I try to remember – I've honestly been, like, forgetting a lot. But then after dinner's over, I try to remember to – we would say, like, kind of an Advent prayer and then play a Christmas hymn. But I've honestly been forgetting that a lot of nights because usually, like – I mean, for those of you with small kids, like, dinner can kind of end up being crazy. And by the time you're Chaos. done, it's like, oh, it's time for bed. It's time for bath. And I just forget. But we've been doing good trying to remember to at least do the the reading and the lighting the candle – and um, so anyway, that's what we're doing. We're keeping it pretty simple. Um, but that's what we're doing for this year. That sounds fun and super interesting. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. need to know, are your candles non-toxic? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, which is, yeah, not super great. But we actually only leave them, like we light them and I le- we leave them burning while we read the devotional and then we blow them out. And then I light our beeswax candle. <laughs> <laughs> Soak up all the toxins in the air. (laughs) I light a beeswax candle. Yeah. But anyway. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, now that you say that, maybe I can make, we can make our own next year. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. So. I have a question. What is with the, you said it's three purple candles and one pink. Yes. What are, what does the color mean? So. I read that I've read a few different places and like none of the explanations really make that much sense to me. <laughs> like <laughs> so actually so, it means nothing and we're just like <laughs> breathing in the extra toxins from the colors, but they look no, nice. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand it. Like so each candle means different things. So like the week one candle means hope, and then the second week is faith. And then there's different names. So like the hope candle is also sometimes called the prophecy candle. And it's to remember the prophets, the Old Testament prophets. And then the week two candle is represents faith. And it's also called the Bethlehem candle. And that one's specifically to remember Mary and Joseph and them traveling to Bethlehem. But like when I looked up what the colors mean, so there's two purple and or I'm sorry, there's three purple and one pink. And you light them. The order is purple, purple, pink, purple. But, like, I, when I looked up what the significance of the colors is, like, what I found basically was the purple is just a common color in the church. Like, it, it's associated with, like, the liturgy of the church, I guess, the per- color purple. And then I, I really don't even remember why the pink one was pink. I, I'd have to look again. But I remember when I was looking at it, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't really still understand why. Anyway, so I don't know. Maybe I can look into that more and share further. But I tried to look it up, and I just couldn't really quickly find anything. And so I was like, all right, well, we're doing this anyway. I'll figure it out later. And so I'm just following um, following along and learning as we go, kind of. Okay, so Stacey, I can remember 
back to a special tradition that, I mean, was always super Mm -hmm. special to me that Mm -hmm. we did every single year from the time that I was little. I honestly think like since my first year of life. So my mom always does, or my parents always do, um, Christmas ornaments. Did you Mm -hmm. ever get a new Christmas ornament every year? Or no, I not really. We didn't do new ornaments every year, but sometimes we would get new ones that were significant. Or we would make them like when we were really little. Okay. Yeah, that's super yeah. fun. So we would get an ornament every year. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was our ornament and we could hang it on the tree. And there are specific – so a couple of things. I would always get an angel. I would always, always, always get an angel. And I have some beautiful – like glass blown angel ornaments and like they're so pretty that like mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a box of ornaments that says Emily's ornaments on that my parents gave me when I moved out and got married and they have never been on my Christmas tree since being married because I don't trust my people like they're gonna <laughs> break my ornaments if you have little kids you understand I get the cheap ornaments from Walmart. Yeah. Like, I don't know what our parents were thinking. I don't know if your mom used to do this, but like my parents used to buy glass ornaments. And we just experienced that the other day with Sawyer. One fell on the floor and it went ding, ding, ding. And I was thinking in my head, oh, wow, that didn't, oh, it shattered. <laughs> like, okay, just kidding. It just took a couple ding, 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 and now it shattered. Okay, great. Um, but yeah, no, every year I used to get a angel ornament and I loved it. I have some beautiful ornaments. Um, but yeah, so that was one of the things. And then I don't know if you had like special ornaments. Did you ever like have special ornaments that you felt like, oh yeah, like I love this and I'm going to like hang it on the tree and like you can remember, like I can specifically remember certain ornaments. Yeah. That like, I mean, they have, they're just weird. Like they're, they have like crazy meaning. I don't know. For, for instance, I'll tell you mine and then Mm -hmm. you can think on (laughs) yours. One of them was a um, Noah's Ark, and it was like an actual ark, you know, Mm -hmm. like a small ark. And then it had the animals, and you took one of the – it had a hole in the bottom, and you took one of the Christmas lights, and you stuck it in the bottom, and then Mm -hmm. it, like, lit up Noah's Ark. (laughs) And I love this stupid (laughs) ornament. And I actually – we still have it, but the boys or somebody dropped it and (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> one one of the animals or a couple of the animals are, are missing their heads. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, why is there a light? Like, oh, no. Noah's Ark's on fire. Oh, no. There go all the animals. <laughs> no, I love it. It was No, awesome. I'm sure it's beautiful. I'm Whatever, sorry. Stacey. I just... Okay. <laughs> You're harassing my childhood, and I'm I'm not going to have it. You will not impede on my my memory. No. Okay, so another one was, um, like, so my angels, like, some of them would be bells. Like, I, you know, collected bells, and they would be these fancy, like, glass bells. I love those. Or 
Raise your hand if you were born in the 90s, fed garbage from McDonald's, but collected all the crap that they gave out. Like, okay, let's be real, though. Let's be real. Although McDonald's is terrible for you, please don't go to McDonald's or feed it to your children. It's toxic. But in the 90s, McDonald's was banging with their Happy Meal toys. And it was always crazy stuff. Like, do you remember like the plates? Did you collect the plates or the glass? Mm -hmm. The like I think the like square glasses. They were like square and they were like Mickey Mouse glasses and they were like, you know, they had I don't know, they had like the glass was what is it? Like in in that embalmed. That's the wrong word. Like you know what I'm Etched? saying? I guess like where it was or like embossed. Yes, that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it, girl. Um, but so it was like those cups. But do you remember when? Okay, so the Dalmatians was big in the '90s. Like, you know what is it? 101 Dalmatians, 102 mm-hmm. Dalmatians. Okay, do you remember they had Christmas ornaments that came out one year? And they were a sleigh, and they had the little, uh, you know, the dogs, like the two parents, and then it was a snow globe in the sleigh, and it was an ornament. Oh, no, I don't remember that. Okay, well, I had one, of course, and (laughs) because my parents took me to McDonald's, Um, (laughs) and... I freaking love that thing. It's probably in my Christmas box, but I don't open my Christmas box because I'm afraid that people will break my my sentimental ornament. So, oh my goodness. For me, part of tradition is like sentimental ornaments. It's like that cool mm-hmm. thing. Or speaking oh, yeah. of ornaments, did you ever have the pickle? Yes, I was just going to say about the pickle. Yes. So my boys found the pickle the other day, and I was like, you better put that thing up because it's going to get broken. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with the pickle, what was your tradition with the pickle? Because we Googled the actual, like, root of, like, what the pickle tradition is supposed Mm -hmm. to be. I think it originated in Germany, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look it up while you tell me what your tradition is. So the thing I had always heard about it was traditionally – that the parents would hide it and the first child to find it would get like either an extra gift or like the first gift. But then the that was always like moot in our family because I was an only child. So like <laughs> <laughs> I would just look for it for fun. But I actually was Googling this. I'll be interested to see what you find because when I was researching this the other day, one of the things I found was that it actually just started when it was – uh, the store Woolworths. I don't know if anyone remembers Woolworths from back in the day, but that apparently one of the stores, the guy accidentally got in a huge shipment of these German pickle ornaments and kind of like invented this story to just basically be able to sell the ornaments. Okay. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know if that's true. But yeah, that I was going to say that's kind of the significant one I remember from growing up. And then I do remember also like just some of the handmade ones that I made from like when I was in preschool. Like I had this one, I'm pretty sure my mom still has it, that it was like a picture of me and then it had like a macaroni wreath that was like painted green. Um, And I remember that one every year because it was like 
kind of gross to me that it had like food <laughs> on it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this thing's still, this macaroni's so old. Um, and then I feel like this is always the thing too. So like the whole debate between the multicolored lights versus the white lights. Yes. Okay. Which one were you? White so or multicolored? I was, I was both growing up. Um, because I feel like there were some years you liked we had both the multicolored. No, we had both. Okay. Um, and honestly, I kind of like both. Like I like the multicolored feels more like Christmas, but then I like the white lights because that just feels like a more general, like homey cozy feeling. But then there was also the thing of like my dad, he liked those like super big old school bulbs, like the Clark Griswold, like big bulbs. Um, but yeah, so that was always a big thing too. So like generally now my mom will have white lights on the tree and that's what I've done like in our, with our tree. The white white, lights? The white lights. Yeah. Do you like the white better than the, the colored? I just like the, 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 uh, glow that it gives better. Like the multicolored glow is like a more blue light glow. And I find that kind of depressing. I like like the warm yellow white light. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. So. The boys have Christmas lights. We hung Christmas lights in their room last year mm-hmm. on the border of the room on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the colored lights. All right. So let's talk about everybody's favorite topic around this time of year Santa Claus. so um (laughs) and we can get into the whole elf on a shelf thing too but um when it comes to santa claus how do you feel about it do you guys talk to your kids about santa claus like are you doing the whole santa claus thing are you straight from the get-go telling them um you know it's not real um like how are you guys approaching that so basically, we're we are incorporating Santa Claus. You know, like she Penelope has, knows about Santa Claus, and you know we're not like banishing him from Christmas, but <laughs> <laughs> we are telling her that it's just pretend. So, and I feel like this is maybe an unpopular opinion with a lot of parents, but <laughs> yeah. So I just, um. Yeah, I wanted her to have the fun of it because I think, it, you know, it is fun and it's a fun part of the holiday and, you know, it's in movies and, and all that stuff. So and I think it's just like a fun kind of story too, like the idea of Santa and it's like a fun story. Um, but I just I don't know. I guess I just feel like it's I don't know. I just don't want to like like lie, I guess. I don't know. I know that's kind of a harsh way to say it. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I guess I never, I don't know. I, I've, I wonder where that whole thing came from, too. Like, the whole idea of pretending that it's real. Because I feel like there's other things, you know, that, you know, from stories and stuff that we don't do that with. But anyway, yeah, so she knows who he is and, like, um, but we were just trying to explain to her, like, you know, how to we're like okay how do we explain that this is pretend so we just said that it's a man that dresses up like santa and it's just for pretend like she has like a little um moana costume that she wears 
And so we just said, you know, kind of like how you dress up like Moana. It's, you know, a man dresses up like Santa Claus, but it's just for pretend. And so um, and she, you know, she's still so little, but I don't think she, she, you know, she doesn't need a ton of explanation. But that's pretty much all we've said. And, um, you know, it is a little scary of like, <laughs> you know, I don't know if as she gets older, like if she would, you know meet a kid if they do believe in Santa and she somehow gives it away. I don't know, but whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, but it is fun to incorporate it. But what about, what about you guys? Cause your boys yeah. are getting a little older now, right? I well, know. yeah, they are. Yeah. But. No. Yeah. So we tell the boys about Santa. Um, you know, I mean, we obviously tell them about Jesus and we, you know, always like now that they're older, And I mean, even when they were younger, like I would tell them, obviously, that like Christmas was about Jesus' birth and stuff like that. But I feel like, you know, depending on how old your kids are is really like what they will grasp, whether it's about Jesus, whether it's about, you know, whatever, like they're only going to grasp so much. So like you can tell them all these things and you should, you know, but they can only get so much of it. So we've always told them about Jesus and I've always tried to really reiterate that it's, it's the true meaning of Christmas and like, it's what it's all about. And like, you know, I mean, by our own sinful nature, they do get and have gotten, you know, like grumpy or I want this or I want that or, you know, whatever, just because I feel like it's, it's the season and all of this craziness is happening and all of these gifts and all of this, this. And so, um, like it's easier to get kind of caught up in that. And so I would always bring them back to like, well, do you do realize that this has absolutely nothing to do with you and that it's just like a bonus that you get gifts. Like Mm -hmm. it's not a like, oh, I have to get gifts and this is for me. And like, that's just a greedy, selfish attitude. And that's what the world wants us to think is like all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we do really try and talk about um, Christ and stuff like that. And um, on last week's episode, you know, we we touched on Advent and talking to our kids about Advent and stuff. And um, that is something that I really want to try and incorporate more with them. And it's probably not going to happen this year. I don't know. I mean, it's only December 12th. So I got time. I got time. Um, half. But... <laughs> Like, there's only so many hours in the day. And like, I feel like as a homeschool mom, I think that what I really need to do is next year when it comes down to like actual Christmas time is I need to look at my schedule and my lessons and probably not do school, but do school, but make it like Advent. You know what I mean? Like make it kind of what we talked about last week in the um that treehouse guide um that mm-hmm. we shared and you know cuz they could totally do that and so you're still you know as a stay at home mom or a homeschool mom like you're still doing school but that's one of my biggest challenges right now with them is I have all these plans in my head like oh I'd love to do advent I'd love to you know do all this stuff about Jesus birth and all you know like I have all these things I want to do but they never get accomplished because there's so many, so many hours in the day. But anyways, so with all that being said, um, with the Santa Claus thing, 
we do tell them about Santa Claus. We let them kind of participate in that like fun little idea. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that you never really know. Like, I don't really think there is a right way or a wrong way. And I mean, I guess, like, I mean, you could, you know, look at me and say, like, oh, my gosh, you're a terrible person. You're lying to your kids. But listen, Linda, like, I do not go (laughs) over the top. And I don't tell them, like, we've never, like, blatantly lied. You know what I mean? Where, like, when it was easier when they were younger. Because you'd just be like, oh, yeah, Santa, he, like, comes and drops off gifts. You know, but, like. And now that they're older, like, I mean, you really would have to blatantly lie to them because they're starting to ask questions. Like Liam, he's been asking me, you know, if Santa's real and um, if he is real, like, how does he like get all the gifts every night and get them everywhere and stuff? And I just started saying more like, you know, Santa's just more of like a fun idea. And he's like, so is he not real? And I'm like, listen, like, it's something fun that you can believe in if you want to, but you don't have to. It's it's just like whatever. It's just like something fun to like pretend. Mm-hmm. But like, but I haven't gone like either way because like they're very sensitive. <laughs> if you have boys, you will realize, oh my goodness, they are like so sensitive. I hope that. <laughs> I hope that it changes when they get to be teenage, teenagers, um, because literally, oh my gosh, like I, at this point in the Santa thing, I'm going to have to just like ease them into it because I don't know. I feel like. Do you have like a game plan or are you just going to kind of take it as it comes? Well, I'm just going to keep riding with the whole like. You know, it's more of like a fun idea and you can like, you know, pretend you if you want to pretend that it's real and stuff like that, it can be, you know, but mm-hmm. like today they were asking about gifts under the tree. Sawyer said that he'd be mad if Santa wasn't real. And I said, why? And he said, well, because somebody would have lied. And I was like, lied about what? Like nobody ever lied to you. You know, like, what are you talking about? About the gifts. And he was like, well you know, they say some gifts are from Santa. And I said, we have never said that gifts are from Santa. You know, like mom and dad give you gifts and Oma and Opa give you gifts and, you know, your aunts and your uncles, like that's who they're from. But that, and that's what I said. And (laughs) the wheels like got turning and they were like, so do you just like order the gifts and Santa drops them off? And I'm like, (laughs) oh my goodness. Like, I'm trying to tell you the truth. Like, I literally just told you the truth and you (laughs) have just created this illusion. (laughs) So I did correct them and I told them again, but they were still confused. So I'm doing my best. Like, I'm telling them nicely. Um, Yeah. But this whole elf on the shelf thing, let's talk about that for a second. So (laughs) Stacy's too, her kids are too young for elf on the shelf and she probably thinks that I'm a psychopath. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) It was like, Never. I got it. When did I get it? So I always made fun of people, not made fun of people. That's the wrong word. I always like thought it was funny and joked at people who got one. <laughs> and I was like, this is ridiculous. I didn't make fun of people. I just yeah. joked at people. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I I don't know. Words are hard today, guys. Um, 
Like I would see people on Facebook or Instagram posting their pictures okay. and I would Here's literally be I, like. I think it's one of those things that like we all have those things where until you're a parent, you think, oh my gosh, really? That's the silliest thing I've ever seen. And then you have kids and then they get older and then you find yourself doing the very things that you used to laugh at. I think I, like. I agree. I it's agree. just everybody does it. But here's know? the thing. The elf on the shelf, I did this when I had kids. I like would watch people and be oh. like, oh my gosh. Okay, Emily, I was trying to cover for you. I'm Come on. never doing that. That <laughs> looks like so much work. This is ridiculous. And then like the whole, I mean, because, okay, back up. So if you look at the whole elf on the shelf concept, you're literally supposed to tell your kids that Santa sent this elf and that it's watching you and like that it reports back to Santa. Mm -hmm. First of all, I've never done that. Second of all, I do think people are funny who like, I've seen some really funny ones. Like I've seen an elf on the shelf in a fake hot tub with Barbies or I've seen an elf on the shelf uh, you know, they're doing naughty things like the the um, the elf is doing naughty things like flying an airplane across the room or like, you know, like, I don't know, crazy stuff. I, I got to go to Pinterest and get ideas. <laughs> uh, but basically, which reminds me. Moving this stupid elf <laughs> is more it's like more stress. It's caused me. OK, so <laughs> before. Stacey and I got on here in full disclosure. We were talking and I was telling her that the other day I had like a legit panic attack. I've never had a panic attack in my whole life that I can recall, but I do have anxiety and I manage it pretty well. Um, but for some reason, I don't even know what it was. It's just like, I think they just randomly come or it's stress or I'm not even sure what causes it because honestly that day I didn't feel too bad. Um, I think I've been, <laughs> I've been working on my parenting recently. And so I've been suppressing a lot of emotion. <laughs> so if I <laughs> like want to scream at the kids, <laughs> I suppress it. And then I talk in a monotone voice and I'm like, no, you cannot do that when really <laughs> I want to scream at you and say, no, what are you doing? So that's probably why I had a panic attack. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the cost of being a good parent. <laughs> yeah. Follow me for more parenting <laughs> tips. But anyways, uh, all that to say, <clears throat> this elf, you're supposed to move it every day. And it's a mess because like, listen, we're just adding another thing to our plate. So we have to remember to do by the mm -hmm. end of the night and like out of sight, out of mind. If the elf is not sitting in front of me, I forget about it. And so it's what December 12th. Our elf hasn't, our elf came like a week ago and I'm already like <laughs> a mess. Like we, we didn't do it right on December 1st because we were mm -hmm. traveling and there's been multiple times in the last week that I have woken up in the morning, like Liam's woken me up, and I've thought to myself, oh my gosh, I forgot to move this stupid elf. <laughs> and so then I tell him, I'm like, you should go in the bathroom and go brush your teeth and like, I'll meet you downstairs. <laughs> and then I run downstairs really quick and I'm like, throw it in the Christmas tree. Or I'm like, yesterday or a couple of days ago, I got real creative and they were being really naughty. 
they've just had, you know, with traveling and going to see people and being out of their element, they've been really struggling with obedience and just all the things, just all the things. And so I took their elf and I put it in a cup upside down, like it was trapped in the cup. And I wrote them a note that said, I'm really like sad about your behavior. And I don't want to come out of here until you start being nicer. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was actually really funny (laughs) because back to the whole telling your kids, like, what do you tell your kids? I've never said that like he was sent from Santa. I just say like, oh, look, your elf's here. (laughs) And like, I write them notes. Well, anyways, you know, he was in this cup and stuff. And Liam, uh, he had a chain, like a little tiny chain because my dad's renovating his house and he was putting up a new light, like a chandelier light. Mm -hmm. And so you know how it has like the chain link thing? Well, so he took some of the chain out. So it was probably like maybe a a half a foot to a foot of like chain link. He put it around the top of the cup and then he took the pickle ornament and attached it to the bottom of the chain. And he said, I asked him, I said, why did you do that? And he said, well, I want to see if he's real. I said, well, how are you going to see if he's real? He said, well, if he can get out of this, I know he's real. (laughs) Oh, no. That is so cute. Or they've covered his eyes with his hat. They've pulled his hat down over his eyes. And I said, why did you guys do that? And they said, well, if he moves his hat, we know he's real. Well, that night, the one thing that I did with the elf is I took him, I took um, a whole bunch of flour and I put it all over a baking sheet. And then I took the elf and I threw it down in the flour and then I moved its arms and legs. So it like made a snow angel. And then I took its hat off and sat it Mm -hmm. beside him. Well, the next morning they were like, he's real. He took his hat off. (laughs) So I'm like, oh my gosh. Listen, oh I'm not telling them it's real, but anyways, all that to say, we are doing the elf on the shelf. If you haven't done it yet, don't do it. You'll regret it. It's a terrible decision. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's fun. It is fun. You know, and I think that all of those traditions or all of those fun little things, um, you can make them your own. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to follow the cookie cutter what you know, the average society says to do that, like, oh, tell your kids that Santa's real. Oh, you know, tell your kids that the elf is watching that. Like, you can just have it be whatever, you know, yeah. you want it to be. Yeah. And you know what? It's so funny because with the Santa thing, some of the um, portrayal portrayal imagery of Santa, some of it, I mean, it comes from a lot of places. Some of it, I think, is from actually, like, Roman mythology. And then some of it's from coca-cola company in the 30s and stuff but then you know saint nicholas was actually a real person yep and um you know i knew that but i just i don't know i haven't really been thinking about it and especially because penelope's still so little like we haven't delved into a lot of the actual history of stuff yet but um our pastor actually was talking about it again yesterday and i was just thinking you know like that could be a fun way too to still incorporate it um but have it be more you know, like, yeah, you like you're talk taking about the history it back it. to like, yeah, the history. Right. Well, and I think it's like, I don't know. It's so interesting because there's so many things we do now that, 
you know, we don't really know where they came from or why we do them. And, you know, and that's not just of Christmas. That's like in general, just lots of things that we do culturally that like we don't really know where it came from. And I think it's funny because like as I actually learn slowly about different things like Santa Claus and like learn more of the history about it, it's it's kind of funny because it's like in a way it's sad that, I, you know, a lot of times the history of it's actually really interesting. And it's kind of sad to me that it's like that's not enough in and of itself, you know, that, um, you know, and I mean, the things that get added are fun. I'm not, you know, saying they're not. But anyway, just anything like that where we actually go back to a little bit more of the historical traditions or, you know, origins of the different traditions. I just think it's really cool. And it's good to like teach the our kids that too, because I think it's easy to just grow up not knowing why we do what we do, you know? And anyway, so I don't know. Maybe I'm like a nerdy mom. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm going to be that parent that's like, mom, really? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Well, what about, okay. So, um, I, we, we covered the whole, the whole Santa Claus topic. I feel like that was like, a controversy waiting to happen, but we did it. (laughs) (laughs) So for something on a lighter note, what about, um, so like, I feel like one of the things that can slightly differ, and I always find it so interesting to ask people this, is what you actually eat on Christmas Day. Like, um, because I've, you know, different people do different meals. So some people do lunch, some people do dinner, some people do Christmas Eve, some people do Christmas Day. And then there's even some people um, who do like a big, I think like a Christmas breakfast kind of thing. So what did you guys do? Like as far as the food you ate on Christmas, like what was your meal like? What kind of foods did you guys eat? We honestly are like probably pretty boring. We ate Thanksgiving meal again on Christmas. Um, So, you know, turkey stuffing. I think there was usually ham. I know when we would go to my grandparents' house, my one aunt, she would make really, really delicious ham and she would put um, like brown sugar and um, pineapple on it and it was so Mm. good. Um, So we would have ham and stuff like that. We would have (laughs) those tiny little sweet uh, pickles. You remember those? They They look like a pinky finger and they're like the sweet sweet pickles. Um, Mm -hmm. We would have those and Kalamata olives. I always Mm -hmm. remember that. My grandma had this little glass dish and it had like a divider in the middle. And one side would be those sweet pickles and the other side would be the Kalamata olives. Um, So anyways, yeah, like those and um, the cranberry sauce, like the gross cranberry sauce that's from a can <laughs> that like you, yeah, yeah, you dump it out and it's like a big blob and then they cut it in slices. I'm not going to lie. I really love that stuff. Stacey. I mean, now that I, I probably wouldn't choose to eat it now, but man, growing <laughs> up, I, I, that stuff was so good. I would um, put it on my roll like, like jam. Oh, okay. That's how I would eat it. Anyway. I never ate it because I thought it was disgusting. Really? Oh man! So but I'm good. gonna be honest. I I never tried it. If I'm being honest, I never gave it a fair <sighs> try. So I don't know. But I will never try it now because it's terrible for you. So yeah, we ate um, the like traditional Thanksgiving stuff. So 
I think this year, you know, we're going to make uh, turkey and stuffing and uh, sweet potato casserole and stuff like mm. that. So, um, and through the years, you know, and through us just changing our diet significantly um, and not eating gluten and um, like we don't eat dairy or I don't cook with dairy. Um, Patrick and I eat dairy, but I don't feed the boys dairy right now. They, we have a lot of healing of our gut to do. And so um, gluten and dairy are two very inflammatory foods. Um, and so, you know, I'm just trying to help them out as best that I can. So just to make life easier, I cook gluten and dairy free just because I'm not making 18 different meals and everybody special this and special that. So through the years I've come up with, um, some pretty good recipes, honestly, for like holiday meals and stuff like that. Honestly, my in-laws were super nice. Um, and let me kind of come up with the plan at Thanksgiving for food, Mm -hmm. um, and take over and it turned out really well. And so, um, I'll be doing that again for Christmas. So luckily, like the people in my life are super nice in the fact that like, you know, they let us kind of make the food or, you know, if they, you know, like if they want to have their whatever it is, you know, everybody's at a, at an understanding that like, yeah, it's cool. Like we can have two stuffings. Like that's totally fine. Like we'll have a gluten-free stuffing and we'll have a regular stuffing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we typically, we have those kinds of foods. What about you, Stacey? So it was always kind of weird growing up too, because, you know, from when I was in like first grade-ish, you know, when my parents separated we would do, I would do a split day. So I would go to my, so I would have very first thing in the morning with my mom. And then I would go to my dad's house from like mid morning until early afternoon. So I would have lunch at my dad's house. And then at the afternoon, then my mom would get me and we would go to my grandma, my grandparents' house and my grandma would make dinner. So, um, and honestly, I think both meals were pretty similar Um, but yeah, my grandma would make, so it was sort of the same with us. It was very similar to Thanksgiving, except we would do ham. So instead of turkey, we did ham. And then I think like some of the side dishes were different. We would do yams and mashed potatoes. I think corn, green bean casserole, I think. It's so hard because I I feel like I mix up Thanksgiving and Christmas meals. Um, trying to remember what else I don't know those are the ones I remember and then I feel like we would do pie for dessert and my grandma would also make okay so I have this memory of my grandma making this and I don't remember if it was for Christmas or if it was for other meals like at birthdays or something but it was um I don't even know if it was a recipe or if she just made it up but I think she basically would take a can of like canned peaches and then you mixed it with like, what was it? Raspberry jello, like the jello powder. And you just poured it in and it made like a sauce. So it was peaches and raspberry. Peaches and raspberry. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I always remember her making that. And I don't know. That's pretty much all I remember as far as the food. And then we would have like rolls and stuff like that. But 
Yeah, I just love, I don't know, I love Thanksgiving and Christmas f- meals. They just, I feel it's like just they're so warm and hearty yeah. and like, yeah. Which, okay, I don't know if you do this, but I do this. Whenever you have the Thanksgiving and Christmas meal, I always think to myself, wow, that tasted so good. Why don't, this would be so easy to make. Like I should make this, this should be like a weekly thing or like a monthly. Like, Mm -hmm. and then I think to myself, why don't we just get a giant turkey? Like look at all this food that we could have. And we could have it, like I can make soup. I can make all this stuff, like, you know, with the turkey. Mm -hmm. So actually it's funny because I've never made my own bone broth yet. And at Pat's mom's house, at Pat's parents' house, after Thanksgiving, his mom and I, um, you know, I mean, there was tons of turkey. This is what I'm talking about. This, the turkey that you buy, it literally, it's like the gift that keeps giving. It's like <laughs> you have this giant turkey and you pick it and you have like, you know, I don't know. Most people have like an average of 10 people, usually. Usually you have about 10 people plus at your mm-hmm. at your Thanksgiving or Christmas meal. All these people eat their food and then like, then you're all done. And then you look at all the leftovers and you're like, oh my gosh, we have so much turkey. And then you box it up and you put it in the fridge and then you have turkey for like a week. (laughs) Like we, that's like what we ate when we were at Pat's parents' house. We made turkey. um, I made turkey bone broth. So I told his mom, I was like, I've never made this, but we should try And so we saved all the bones from the turkey and we followed a super simple recipe. And I've seen people like, you know, I mean, do it on the stovetop for like all night, which that's what's deterred me from doing it. Um, Because like, I don't have time for that. And I'm too scared. Patrick, like Patrick would literally freak out on me if I left the stove on all night. (laughs) I don't know. He thinks I'm like a hazard to myself in the kitchen. (laughs) But that's that's a different story for a different time. Um, but so I found this cool recipe and it was, you, you know, you take all the bones from your Thanksgiving or Christmas turkey. You we did like a whole clove, uh, like a whole thing of garlic. So mm-hmm. it was like multiple cloves. The head of garlic. Yeah, yeah. the whole head of garlic. And then um, like a an onion and like salt. It was super simple put it in the instant pot and you did it for two hours. Before I got on here tonight, one of my friends shared, and I think I shared it to my, um, to my Instagram and it was all about dyes. And it says the, but it's just a little food dye argument. And you know, the girl, it's really cool. The girl goes into, um, you know, like what food dyes were made from, um, she says, you know, they're made from coal tar, artificial food dyes now come from unrefined fuel sources, petroleum, or crude oil. They've been approved by the FDA to be used within processed food products. They're a cheaper alternative to natural dyes like turmeric, beta carotene, etc. which, you know, I mean, there's natural food dyes out there. And I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing. Yes, it's more expensive to buy natural food dyes. It is. It's more expensive. But at the end of the day, I want to know who's using food dye so much so that you can't afford to buy food dye like once or twice a year that's a little bit more expensive. 
to preserve your health. I mean, it's not like we're saying, you know, this is like a staple product, like, you know, we're, we're telling you that you have to buy this egg brand over this egg brand. I mean, you should, but <laughs> that's just me. Um, you're going to either love me or hate me at this point. Patrick's always like, what can I not eat? I can't eat that. I'm like, no, you can't. Like, were those chickens fed corn and soy? Well, uh, that's not good for you. And were those chickens raised in a barn? You know, cage free doesn't mean that they were free ranging. Like, <laughs> out on the range. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Home, cage home on the range. For real. Like, oh my word. Okay. So I forgot to tell you this. Okay. So this is like a triumph and also a bit of a fail slash learning moment. But I just had to tell you because I felt like you'd be proud of me. And also, I feel like it's a funny story. So I, um, you know, after talking in our first Christmas episode about the healthy, you know, Christmas and the food dyes and all that. I was like really inspired this year. So when we did our cookie decorating, I was like, okay, I want to do this and I want to do it with, you know, no food dyes. So I'm going to figure this out. And I know, you know, Supernatural had the red and green, but I kind of waited to the last minute. And so I hadn't ordered anything. And I was like, okay, I wonder if I can figure this out. So I had already ordered because I knew I would need red. I ordered on Amazon. I found a brand. I think it's called Suncor. I'll double check. And I, I can feel like I've seen that. Yep. Show notes. Yeah. So they have a huge variety of color powders. Um, and they're all from um, natural plant-based sources, I believe. And so I ordered the red beet powder for red because I knew I would need that. But I didn't order anything else. So... I went around my house and I was like, okay, I'm going to try to hit kind of all the basic colors. So I was trying to figure out what can I use. So we happened to have um, blue spirulina. So I used that for the blue. And then I we had some wheatgrass powder. So I got that and that was for the green. And then I we had turmeric. So I got that for the yellow. And then um, I, it was like an, just a regular royal icing so I just use like organic powdered sugar and water and so then I left it plain for like the white and so I was like okay I'm gonna do this we this is gonna work so um we started mixing them up and they they looked pretty good like I was like wow okay but I definitely put way too much in so my the colors were like super super intense and then it was you could definitely taste like they didn't really taste that good. So but we only did a few cookies that time. So then we went to do it again another day. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it this time. So I, I tried again and I used way less of the the food powders and it turned out way better. So I'll have oh, to show good. you a picture. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but it's definitely here's the thing with like healthy alternatives and and more natural options. There is a learning curve. It's like it's not as easy to make things delicious when, you know, you're used to using, you know, a the, quick, uh, the artificial like a quick stuff. fix. And I honestly, honestly, that is where we have failed as a society is because we have gotten into this rhythm of just like easy, 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 easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, easy comes with a price. Like when somebody else is doing it for you, 
they're doing mm-hmm. it cheap. They're doing it right. quick. They're putting synthetic crap in there. They're putting mm-hmm. in the cheapest oil that isn't even oil. It's chemically made and it's messing with your body. And so, like Stacy said, you know, it is harder to, and it's not even like I wouldn't even say it's harder because it's not hard mixing turmeric into, you know, your, your food coloring, like to make food Mm -hmm. coloring, it's not hard. Like it didn't, you know, it didn't harm you. It wasn't hard. Like it wasn't, you know, I don't know. It was just like you said, there's just like a learning curve where like that you put too much. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you had to modify, but then when you put less, it worked out better. And one other thing just to offer as an encouragement, because if you are just now starting you know, to kind of switch to trying to do more natural options or more healthy options. And especially if you have kids and you guys are used to eating, you know, the um, more conventional products, it it probably will taste different. And it's the thing is, it doesn't necessarily mean it tastes bad because I think that's what we automatically think. Like we we eat it and it's like, oh, you know, this tastes bad. I can't eat this. I'm going to just stick with, you know, the conventional one. And here's the thing. Like it it is going to taste different, but it's just your re- your you have to retrain your taste, your tastes. So it's like once you get in the habit of eating it, you just kind of have to push through that that hump in the beginning of like, oh, this doesn't taste the same, it doesn't taste as good, it doesn't taste as sweet or as rich or as whatever. Just push through it and you will get used to it. And then you'll get to a point where when you have the conventional stuff, like at a restaurant, it's like, ugh, this tastes like chemicals. Yes. Like, you just have to retrain your taste buds. And so I would really encourage you if you've, if you've tried before and like you just are like, I can't eat this because it, I just can't – it tastes bad and I can't eat this all the time. Just keep trying. And the same with your kids. Like if you just keep trying, they will get used to it. Exactly. And, then, and it's a great opportunity you know, with your kids to – you know, if they are old enough that they are complaining about it or something like that, it's a great opportunity to explain to them why you made the change. Oh, well, Mm -hmm. I made the change this year because, you know, to be honest, what we were using before, like, it's really not good for us. And if they are old enough that they're like, oh, well, how? Because my boys will ask, they'll be like, well, why? You know, why, why do they put bad stuff in there for you? Like, they're trying to grasp, like, why would someone want to harm you? And mm-hmm. I, I've, you know, phrased it in the way of like, they're not intentionally, you know, trying to harm us. I mean, from my understanding, well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's up for debate, but <laughs> it's up for debate, but you know what I mean? Like they're not, right. um, they're not intentionally trying to harm us. They are just doing what is the cheapest possible thing and they don't care. They're just, you know, quick, quick production. It's cheap. It's simple. They can just put it in there and people eat it. And, you know, that's, that's another thing is like, we're consuming all this stuff. So they have a buyer. So why would they change anything? Because there's so many people consuming it. And so anyways, it's just a great opportunity um, to talk to your kids about like, why, why you made the change and why doing stuff like that is better for you. um, and, Mm -hmm. And stuff like that. So, yeah. All right. Well, one more fun question I thought that we could answer before we head out tonight. So talking about, you know, traditions and memories and things like that, I thought it would be fun for us both to share what our all-time favorite Christmas present ever 
was growing up. So um, I know I kind of sprung this on you, so I can go first if if you need to think about it. Yeah, you go first Um, because I need to think about this. So this is just my go-to answer, I don't know, whenever I've had this question. To be honest, I don't know if it's necessarily the best gift I ever got, but I feel like it's the one that's the most ingrained in my memory. Um, Also because it's like one of the – the Christmases that we have on tape from when I was growing up. So I've seen it, you know, repeatedly. And so it's just kind of in my brain. So when I was three um, and Scott, my husband, Scott, makes fun of me, like, because the first time I showed him this video of the Christmas that I'm talking about, um, to preface this, okay, so I was an only child. I was an only grandchild on my mom's side, and I was an only grandchild, like, under the age of 20 or something on my dad's side. So, I was spoiled. I can admit it. I I, I, I can admit it. But anyway, this, this particular Christmas, I got a lot of presents. And so, <laughs> it's like – and I didn't necessarily realize that as a kid because I just – I don't know. I didn't know any different. But anyway, I showed Scott this video and he's like, oh, my goodness, Stacy. But um, but yeah, so that particular Christmas, though, there was this one gift I really, really wanted. It was a ball tent. And Emily, you probably remember playing in this thing at some point when, when we were kids. But it was it was just sort of like a tiny tent, like probably the size of a one man tent. And then you filled it with those, like, plastic balls. Yeah. And then you would just zip it up and, like, jump around in it. And I wanted one so bad. It was when I was three. It was the Christmas I was three. And so basically my family, like, tricked me. So when I was a kid, we would do Christmas. I would go – we would have Christmas at our house. And then we would go to my dad's parents. And then we would go to my mom's parents. And so I didn't get it, like, at – at our house and then I thought I was like oh man I didn't get it like I guess Santa because I believed in Santa I guess Santa didn't bring it you know and then we went to my grandparents house my dad's parents and it wasn't there and I was like so I was like okay I was holding out hope that maybe it was at my mom's parents house so we go to their house and we were hanging out and I was opening presents and you know basically I opened the presents that were there and, and that was it. And I was like, and so my mom like really, really um, like played it up. So she's like, well, I guess Santa didn't bring it this year, Stace. And, and I think she said something like, maybe he ran out, you know? And I was like, yeah. And it was so sad. Like I look so sad in the video and she's like, well, let's go out in the kitchen. And so I'm following them out into the kitchen. And here, while I was in the living room with everyone or like a few people opening presents, I guess like my grandpa or somebody was in the kitchen. And I walk out in the kitchen and they had set it up like in the kitchen and filled it with the balls. And so I walk out and see it and I just flip out. Like I was so excited. (laughs) And I like fling my shoes off and I jump in and I'm like jumping around. And I was so happy. And, um, so looking back, that's like the one I really remember that, you know, I think that was probably the most excited I ever was about a present. <laughs> that's so funny. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> um, For me, I was thinking about it. For me, 
I wouldn't say it was like the best gift. I don't know. It's just one that I can remember. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just kind of funny because of when we grew up. But so I was probably, I don't know, like five. Had to have been like four, five, six, somewhere in there. And we were at my grandparents' house and we would go over there in the morning. We lived beside them. We would go over there in the morning and we would eat food and then we would get gifts from them and we would get gifts from our aunts and uncles and stuff. And um, I got that year, I got, I think it was a Barbie camera, but I can't remember. I know Mm -hmm. it was pink, but it was like that phase when we grew up and they went from like, was it the disposable cameras to like, like, cause I, it was a picture camera, but I couldn't see, it actually might've been a disposable camera now that I think about it because it had the numbers on top. And every time I took a picture, like the numbers would go down, but it was like, you know, it was in a special Barbie case or something like that. And so my grandparents, you know, I would, I would go out into the kitchen and then I would run back to the front door and I would take a picture and then I would run back and then I would go back and I would take more pictures. And like, it was just such a fun year. Like, and it's just mm-hmm. hilarious because we've come so far. Like now, now we take pictures on our cell phone and we don't even think twice about it. Mm-hmm. And like even pictures on cell phones has come so far. Like, It's weird to think that we grew up in that era of Mm -hmm. cell phones, flip phones. Oh, my gosh. Like, I remember when the first picture messaging could happen. And it was, like, black and white. It was on a flip phone. It was super, super tiny. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't see it. Real fuzzy. Yeah. And then, like, I remember having a Razor phone. And the Razor was so cool because when somebody called you, there was a tiny little square on the front. Their face Uh would pop up. So cool. Or like ringback tones. <laughs> Let's talk about the ringback tones for a sec. So funny. So we should see if we can find pictures of our respective presents. Like you should see if you can find a picture of the pink Barbie camera. Yeah. And then I'll see if I can find a picture of the ball tent and we can share them in uh, Instagram. Yeah, that would be a great Just idea. Just because I think it would be fun. Like I kind of want to see what it looks like too because I can remember, but it'd be fun to look it up and – you know, in case people don't know what we're talking about, you know, we can share with a picture what it looked like. But, uh, so fun. I love thinking back on Christmas memories. I'm I, so glad, too, that it's it's so much easier now to record and have them because, you know, I just love rewatching old Christmas videos. All right, guys. So that's going to wrap it up for us for today. And next week we are going to be talking about New Year's. And we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of New Year's resolutions. Do they really work? Is it something that, you know, we do? Do we set New Year's resolutions, things like that? And just, um, yeah, heading into the new year, starting fresh, setting goals, things like that. So we're excited to get into that. I'm excited for the new year. I feel like it's always such a nice transition and just a time of reflection and resetting and, you know, looking forward to the new year. So definitely check that out next week. And I want to uh, wrap tonight up by sharing from Luke again. 
So we're going to read Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 20, which is a continuation of Jesus' birth in the Christmas story. So Luke 15, or Luke 2, 15 to 20. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. All right, you guys. So I am going to lead us out in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for um, these amazing listeners. And um, thank you for bringing them to us. Help us to uh, be able to speak to them um, and provide them with value and, you know, spread, spread your word and spread your love. Um, help them to have a great week this week and to really remember what this, um, season is all about and, and not get caught up in the hustle and bustle, um, and just really feel secure in your love and who you are and what your promises are and the true Christmas story. Um, and help them be able to relate that to their kids and um, help it to just be a joyous time. Instead of how this season can sometimes be stressful and overwhelming, help them to really um, find themselves being able to dial it back and just relax and enjoy, um, enjoy the extra time with their family and make memories and really bring it back to what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. Be with us this week and um, help us to be productive in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, you guys, we are so glad that you tuned in to our um, episode this week. And we hope that you have an awesome week this week. And remember, don't buy the elf on the shelf unless you really want to commit to it, you guys. I hope that you learned some amazing tips about it. Um, But no, for real, we are so glad that you were here. We're so glad that you continue to listen every week. And um, if you find it valuable, if you find um, it interesting, please share it with a friend. Like us on, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, follow us, all the things, spread the love. We're glad that you're here and we're excited to chat with you guys next week. See you guys later. Yes. We'll see you guys next week. We love you guys. Join us for a new episode every Monday as we continue to share our journeys of faith, marriage, and motherhood. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave a review or comment. We would love to hear from you. You can also find us on Instagram at momcallingpodcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, there is so much joy in this journey.